right, here we go, y'all. This is Off the Elevator Podcast, where we primarily (laughs) talk about faith, addiction, when Jesse is not being so ridiculous, we got to start over. <laughs> take two. This is take two. Take two. So, right. so everything that I told Jesse earlier in the start, it sort of lost its punch. That you know, what did we do today, Jesse? What did you do today? So we've both had fairly good days today. Really. Right. Really good days. Jesse went to church. I did some yard work. Uh, that's about it, right? That's about it. <laughs> Synopsis. 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 That's the cliff notes of our day. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I mean it's only three o'clock. <laughs> it, right. Oh, it is three. Son, we did that. We wasted thirty minutes of a podcast. Holy <laughs> smokes! Those are going to be some of the secret episodes, y'all. The the outtakes, uh, the outtakes. Yeah. When wow. when Jesse makes it famous and is touring the country, uh-huh. talking about relentlessness and addiction and her faith and just being awesome, I'm wow. a, I'm, and leaves me far behind to wither away <laughs> on this podcast mic, telling my. My my crazy stories of when I used to slam beers all day long while dove hunting and skin wow. clean eighty seven doves. Stop it! And I did that one time. I know. I know, but it's wrong podcast. I feel like I say that to you every single time. <laughs> but no, but hold on. Well, I, I was mm-mm. I done got tore up drinking out on the dove field. Not not while I was shooting. Not while I was shooting. Let me back up. <laughs> I got tore up after I was shooting. Got tore slap up. And the boys was there and a couple of other buddies. And I was like, I want y'all to time me cleaning these doves. I want y'all to time me cleaning the dove. Have you ever cleaned a dove? Uh, No. Okay. So to clean a dove, all you do is you take your thumb and your forefinger and you do like a monkey bite. You know, you ever been monkey bited where somebody walks up behind you and pinches the back of your arm? You mean monkey bit? Yeah, monkey. (laughs) (laughs) You You take that right there and you just grab their skin, feathers and all, and you just rip the skin off their breast. Rip it completely off. And then you take your thumb and you go under that breastbone inside them and you just take it and you pull it like you're picking up a largemouth bass and you just rip that breast out of the dove so i had them we had 87 doves i don't even remember the time but i'm talking i went to town son and i had feathers wings dove heads dove hearts blood guts just all over this trailer where I was just ripping these dove breasts slap out of these doves and they was timing me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I I could have gone my whole life <laughs> without that image or description. Well, 
So when you're wow. when you're big and famous, that's all I got wow. left is crazy stories like that. <laughs> I have no desire to be famous, Joseph. You know we don't we don't never like you know we might when you upload say we might say how many downloads we got and we don't never talk about that we don't never now of course we want to reach everyone that we can but we want to primarily. And well, not primarily. Like our goal when we started this podcast was to, to, to express what God's doing for us in our recovery. That's right. We wanted to share our experience, you know. And yeah, not that we're a finished product. We're two years yeah. into this. Two years two into years it. on Friday. Congratulations. Rip. Two years. That's interesting. In five, in five days, it'll be two years. Yeah, so that's got to be one of our next um, podcast as well, Jesse. Hey, we are we already did Jesse three sixty five. Yeah, so we can do Jesse at three. What would it be? <laughs> uh, three eighty something. What would it be? I'm not good at numbers. I'm not good at math. I literally had coffee in my mouth and about spit it out, and it would be 730. Wow. <laughs> wow, Miss Mathematician. I have a calculator on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the 12 rewards of sobriety that we, uh, we turned it around to the, not turned it around, but we said promises. Or you right. talked about promises at the end of part one. Yeah. Uh, because because it, is what, it, is what, it is what's promised to us. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So. And uh, so this will be part two. So. On this, this bookmark that Jesse gave me, there was 12 rewards of sobriety and right. part one we went through 12 11 and 10 mm -hmm. so did you have any thoughts after the podcast on that particular podcast on the promises or the rewards uh on the things that we talked about on it no other than you know it, it gave me some gratitude and uh Gratitude does not come easily for me sometimes. Oh, excuse me. And I, I forget um, how things are, um, which are good. And, you know, um, someone shared in a meeting one time, you know, that we, we have the disease of more. We always want more. Nothing is ever enough. Um, and, you know, that's so true for me sometimes. You know, it's it's hard for me to just be okay. And I know you said that to me before, you know, things are just okay and it's it's hard for me to just be okay with the things the way they are sometimes. Um, but when I talk through the gifts, the rewards, the promises, um, it helps me be okay with how uh, things are. I seen you did a gratitude list this morning yeah so i went to bed last night and i had a friend in, in the rooms that shared with me one time and she couldn't sleep 
that someone told her to do an ABC gratitude list. And I was like, what's that? And she's like, you know, you go through the alphabet. For every letter of the alphabet, you name something that, the, that you're grateful for for that letter. And I was like, hmm, all right. And, you know, I've done it a few times in the past. And I don't know, I was like, you know, I'd get ABC, you know, through the first few and I'd be asleep. And I'd be like, hmm. Last night, I think I got all the way up to N mm-hmm. before I was asleep. And uh, so when I woke up this morning, I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go all the way through to V. Um, so I did. It took me longer than I thought. <laughs> right. It's not, you know, I just try to, you know, like I close my eyes and I go, okay, you know, and, and I think of the letter and I'm like, okay, God, so what am I grateful for? You know, that begins with an O, you know, and of course you have different words and stuff that run through, but one is always going to stick out more than the other, and that's one I write down, so yeah. it's an interesting, um, an interesting uh, exercise any, in gratitude. Any letters you ever get hung up on? Always get hung up on X. Right. Because, <laughs> let's be clear, when you think of the word X, you think of two words. X-ray. And? Xylophone. Xylophone. Yeah. Think of any other X words? The any. rapper The rapper exhibit. Mm. Wow. I'm definitely not grateful for exhibit. No offense to exhibit. But uh, that one did not come to mind. Uh, I don't know of any other X, X words. I literally Googled it. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know what half of those X words meant that came up. <laughs> but, and you can't put Xanax. You don't. <laughs> I did think of Xanax. Oh, I'm not gonna lie to you. Right. I did think Xanax, and I thought right. I could not be grateful for Xanax because that's weird. Not to mention that I've never been a Xanax person anyway. Have you ever taken a Xanax? I have taken a Xanax. Did you prescribe for what? Uh, um, didn't say it was prescribed. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. So, but I have taken a Xanax, not uh, not a habitual use of them. Right. But I have tried it before right. for anxiety, but it was not mine. Okay. So, um, when I was policing, it was not unusual to get somebody that illegally had Xanax. Sure. That was it. Was a pretty common thing pretty common um, thing i know I, you know i know lots of people you know and yeah. that's and that's a I mean, we have this this ordeal not ordeal that's not the right word but this conversation um at the clubhouse one time about xanax and and you know what the what our definition or, or our perception of what sobriety meant to us and um you know for me being sobriety sober meaning i don't put any mind-altering substances in my body right right? now there's all these gray areas right like oh you know i smoke nicotine and that alters my feelings in some sort of way but it's not you know like it doesn't it's not in the same category as taking a xanax or smoking pot right um but that the xanax is a big one you know from people saying hey because people take xanax to modify the way they feel. Yeah. Now, whether or not that is prescribed, right? Like, it's taken for anxiety, it's to reduce anxiety. 
um, you know, it, it's made for that purpose, but a large majority of people take it for what they assume is anxiety. Right. Um, and not, and it probably is in some form, you know, but I, I had a conversation with another girlfriend and said, hey, you know, she, she'd done this. She knew that she had taken it and, and she knew she had taken it um, to change the way she felt, right? So then it was like, okay, do I pick up a white chip? Right? Like, like I took a substance to change the way that I feel. Mm-hmm. You know, have I now broken my, you know, length of sobriety doing this? And that, and that's a question for, you know, that comes around the rooms every, you know, every now and then because it's, you know, like you said, very, very common for people to use anxiety. Yeah. So use anxiety. <laughs> use Xanax for anxiety. What'd you put for Z? Zest. Zest. Yeah. You know, zesty. Hmm. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not clear on it. Explain zest to me. Uh, let me let me just Google it for you. Uh, I don't know. Like, what would you put for Z? Zaxby's. What? First of all, really? No. Uh, I, well, I don't know that I'm grateful. For what, Zaxby's. what are you grateful for that starts with a Z? Zest. Great enthusiasm and energy. I would say you had that most of the time. So, yeah. yeah, I definitely say you had that. You had that most of the time. Interesting. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'd put for Z. So yeah, maybe you should do an ABC gratitude list and leave X and Z off. Oh my goodness. Well, not, you know, you've got a couple words for X. <laughs> <laughs> so on to the twelve rewards. So like I said, we did twelve. 11 and 10 previously, right? Correct. So number nine, real friendships instead of loneliness. Hmm. Real right. friendships instead of loneliness. You know, I, um, I thought I had a lot of friends um, until I didn't drink anymore. Right. You know, um, now that being said, the friends that I did have that were true friends are still around. Um, mm-hmm. But your crowd changes. Right. right. And I realized that most of the people that I had in my life that I would call a friend knew me as that person. Not right. necessarily they knew who I really was because, let's be clear, most people didn't know who I really was. Um because I didn't know who I really was and I wasn't about to let anybody see the version of me that I thought was really me. Um, So, you know, I always find it fascinating. And we we talked about before, I think on one of the podcasts, you know, it's like when I started going to meetings, like you, like we walk into a room full of people and we lead with our greatest defect. Like, like walking in the door at the clubhouse, we all know that we have a problem drinking. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the reason. I mean, like, our biggest secret, our biggest defect, we walk in the door, and it's immediately at the forefront. Um, And that really changes the dynamic 
on how we we share with each other and have fellowship you know right like there's like once you know that about someone like what else is there <laughs> yeah absolutely right <laughs> like like now that i know your biggest fault because you know um it just kind of levels the playing field and people really have this genuine desire for one another to be better yeah like like it's it's you know, we sit in a room and we pray and we talk about alcohol and we talk about the things that crappy things that we've done. And then we talk about the solution and the women that I have established relationships from that, you know, far greater than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I say it all the time. Somebody listening, whoever listens regular might think, man, this, it's all this joker talks about sincerity, but real friendship you know listening and receiving with a sincere heart truthfully is nowhere in comparison to being drunk yeah P period well I, I couldn't i couldn't listen yeah absolutely you couldn't so real okay. friendship also means you being an equal part you can't be an equal part if you are high or drunk or whatever terminology you want to use for it. You can't. Mm -mm. You can't. And when you're hanging around those people that do the same exact things, not downing any of them or whoever does it, y'all ain't even a part. Well, it comes down, I mean, there's no self-awareness, right? right? So, right. So if you're not aware of how you behave... And how you treat people, then then you can't be the best version of a friend that you could possibly be. Right, absolutely. Right? So, like we talked about on the last podcast, I have, you know, I have an ego the size of Texas, without having any awareness that my behavior tilts in that direction. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. I, I become someone that people don't want to be around. Truth. Right? I yep. become the person who knows better, who will tell you exactly what you need to do with your life, whether you want to hear it or not, because I know everything. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yep. that and that makes true friendships difficult. Right? I mean, like I have and I, I have apologized and made amends to a couple of my oldest friends just for that purpose, right? Like I was a monster. Yeah. <laughs> In, in that friendship, in this is what you should do, and this is what you should do, and, and, and that, that's not what true friendship does. Right. You know, it's not for me to tell somebody else how to live their life or what to do, and, and, I, and, and learning that, it's like, you know, am I contributing positively to their life, and are they contributing positively to mine? Yeah. Like, those are the standards that I'm looking for, mm -hmm. not, you know... I'm bored and I don't have anything to do. Would you like to do something? Yeah. Right? Like, I, I genuinely want to contribute to the people, the friendships that I have to their life and to their family. Yeah. And not and not just for what I can get out of the situation. It's interesting so it you, you, t you talk about that positivity. So, <clears throat> and I, I remember talking to you probably a, a month or so ago about it that I how I have this friends that, that me and him used to talk all the time, regular. You know what I mean? 
and we we would definitely gossip back and forth a hundred percent and i was i was just as much a part of it um as he was and i really got on this thing of praying for negativity to be removed out of my life and not that he was the the bringer of the negativity because i had a responsible part as well right Mm -hmm. but all of a sudden with the snap of the finger you know this 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 isn't happening anymore this gossiping right. isn't happening anymore. But I also noticed that me and this friend is talking nowhere near as much. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I've I've talked we do talk, but it's nothing like it was. And you know, I don't get no hinkling that anything's wrong or you know, that I did anything or he, he definitely didn't do anything. So I can't help but think, Okay, God has put something on him. Not not to not saying, Hey, don't talk to me don't talk to him, you know what I mean? Something's going on mm-hmm. where because it's easier for me to now see that that was the biggest part of the negativity in each day. Mm-hmm. What was sure. was being able to confide those negative thoughts and receive those negative thoughts from that person. Confide to and receive from. Mm-hmm. And that's that's been removed. So, yeah, you know, so the, it's the old saying, misery loves company. Yeah. Um, hold on, Cooney's texting me saying he's going to hang out with his buddies. Oh, going on the town. Um, um, but no, I think that, you know, and we've said this, you know, I say this often, you know, what we give attention grows. Mm-hmm. You know, and if we give, you know, negative attitudes, and negative feelings and and negative behaviors attention then they grow absolutely until they grow to the point where they suffocate you mm-hmm. and you and it's harder to break free from them yeah um, so that one that one's a good one yeah what do, what do you think the loneliness in that statement means or what does it mean to you because Mm, I, I know what it means to me. I, di- I didn't feel lonely when I was drinking that way. I can't say that I did. Now, looking back right now, I could say, yeah, th- maybe this certain situation I was lonely or this certain situation had some loneliness in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, didn't, I didn't feel lonely or, well, or, or I- remember it that way. I isolated myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, it was nothing unusual for me to say, oh, okay, well, so-and-so didn't call me, so I'm not going to call them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember doing my fourth step, and, you know, I had several people on my list, and, and you know, going through, you know, what what the issue was and what it affected it and you know there was a common theme right like oh that person you know stop being my friend that person stopped calling that person stopped making an effort um my sponsor says to me uh well did did you call did you make an effort and i was like well no (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, like, like I was super quick to say, all right, well, me, you know, so I went saying, um, healthy friendships, and it wasn't like it happened overnight, but just to like a slow progression of not having many people in my life for the similar purpose. And yeah. that was, you know, and that's a self-awareness thing too. You know, it's just like, okay, well, I guess we're, I guess we're not friends anymore. You know, no, yeah. no, like real, no falling out, no, nothing happening, just not making an effort. Um, and that, you know, and that became a pretty lonely place. Yeah. When you look up and you're like, oh, there's nobody around. Yeah. But because I, you know, I drank so much, it didn't, you know, it didn't really matter. I could sit at home and watch Netflix. Yeah. I get that. I get that. I guess, I guess for me, because the people primarily that have always been around are still around, the conversations are just different. Uh, Right. You get what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I can't really say other than, you know, I don't feel like I've lost that friend. Uh, of which I'm talking about with the negativity, but it's definitely different, you sure. know. But I, I still feel 100% if if I called him up, he'd come running, and I hope he still feels the same. You know what I mean? That's, that's super interesting that you say that because I, I, can, I can name a handful of people right now that I spent a substantial amount of time with that I would say we no longer have a friendship since I don't drink. Do you think that is because, though, primarily, and for me knowing your story, primarily, I know it wasn't like this at the, the last couple of years, but you still did go there. But primarily, I mean, you had a bar that you hung out at. Are you talking about those friends that was associated with that bar? Some of them, yeah. Yeah. So do you think because you're no longer in that setting that that you feel like they're maybe not even friends anymore or, you know, that it's big time different? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, um, I think that some people um, don't know how to deal <laughs> with, it, with someone when they get to a place where they oh, I don't drink anymore and that's all that you did with that person right but when that's all that you do with the person um it's really hard to say that you're truly friends yeah absolutely i totally agree so um so i i I mean i take that into account also you know and that goes back to the value add right like what what value was being added amongst the relationship um but i mean i guess there's some of that too could be, you know, seasons in life, right? Like, you know, some of the, you know, a couple of the friends I have, it's just, you know, changing the season. Yeah. And, you know, God never says that we're going to keep our friendships forever. Some people right. are just there for certain seasons. So that could be that also. Yeah. You got a, sure. you got a monster sneaking up on you just so you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah he says he's going to be quiet. So. If y'all if y'all hear old yummy face because he wants to be a part of the podcast. Number eight. A clean conscience instead of a sense of guilt. 
a clean conscience instead of a mm-hmm. sense of guilt. Now, that, uh, so many different ways, so <laughs> many different ways. I, you I'll, know, I was I was going to uh, say the exact same thing. Yeah, all all the way to. Um, I haven't had that much to drink. You know, explaining your drinking pattern. I don't have to worry about doing that. Oh, I feel like crap this morning. Oh, it's because you drunk so much. That the guilt that comes with, oh, I drunk way too much. You know, the, the before, during, and after of the actual action of drinking. That, that mm-hmm. guilt. The guilt of knowing that you maybe caused a family dinner to not be as good as it could because you're, you know, just slobbering drunk or, you know, the the guilt that you have in your head because you know you caused some event or something that you and your friends or you and your family had planned, you caused it to be cut short because I want to get home and drink. You know, we ain't got time for that. We got to get on back. So, so for, for me, it's not necessarily, don't get me wrong, I did do things wrong, a lot of things wrong when I was drinking. Uh, but I, I really don't think, when I think of guilt associated, now I have a clear conscience. I have a clear conscience that I'm not hiding anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not hiding anything at all. Not and not the fact that I'm doing something just teetotally bad. The fact that I'm drinking huge amounts of alcohol every day. That right. that clear conscience is big to me. Well, um, I, you know, I, I always go back to my behavior. You know how I behave. <laughs> while I was drinking because um, I could be off the chain in a minute right just acting crazy making a complete mess of anything else going on being completely absurd completely yeah. absurd right. um, I, I would have I would probably have more shame for that than I would say guilt um, but you know, I did, you know, and the guilt that comes in that is the way I behaved with my children. Yeah. Um, the things that I did with my children, you know, um, going to the pool, you know, with a, a handle of vodka and staying all day. Right. You know? And, uh, then getting in the car and driving home. Um, you know, I don't have that guilt. You know, I don't. I don't have those kinds of things anymore. Um, and that, and then, you know, even in sobriety, you know, changing some of the behavior that we have adapted, mm-hmm. um, it isn't, it doesn't just go away, <laughs> you right. know, like it's, it's a progress as far as how to let that go and how to not have that. And I, but I do know that, you know, we had, um, a meeting last week where, you know, similar topic. Um, about convictions and doing the right thing and and how how we're more opted 
to um, do the right thing than we did before, right? Like consciously choose to say, hey, let's pause before I, you know, make a spectacle of myself or act a fool. And, and what is the next right thing to do as opposed to just letting, you know, letting it all fly when, when something happens. Right. Um, Cause I would have a lot of guilt for that too. Yeah. Does that make, it, does that yeah. make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that one's a pretty cut and dry, um, situation for me on the clear conscience. Uh, number seven, the respect of others instead of their pity and contempt. <laughs> the respect of others instead of their pity and contempt. You know, respect of others. So I used to, I have to be super cautious of that, you know, because I'm an egomaniac um, with an inferiority complex, right? It's like I want people to think I have it all together but I also know that you know I don't and I probably got more contempt from people um, than anything else I know that when I come openly and I'm not trying to act like I have it all together and I'm not trying to act as if you know, I'm something that I'm not. Um, I get much more respect from my peers than I ever did before. Right. For sure. Right. You know, I I can't I can't truly say that I ever felt that. Now I I believe from from friends, okay. Uh, I believe from my wife and kids, yes. Um, because I could tell, I remember one, it was one Father's Day, we was going, going to go out to eat somewhere, and, uh, I think that was probably the first time I realized it, and, uh, I remember my youngest son, Cooney, we was getting in the truck, going to the store, and he knew I was going to buy beer, and he said, Daddy, we're going to go out to eat for Father's Day. So don't get drunk. Wow. Yeah. And that was... It, it was things like that that I noticed. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, when, when he said that, you know, that ticked me off. What do you mean, don't get drunk? You think, when I get drunk, I'm mean to you or something like that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, total defensiveness right when he said that. So... I guess right around that time, which would have been, oh, probably five years ago, uh, I started noticing sayings, you know, pauses, and then like, oh, well, yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna go up here, but we got to stop and get Daddy some beer, you know, think things like that. Mm-hmm. But as far as actual contempt. Like I don't know that I felt that. That's the that's feeling like somebody feels you're worthless, right? Am I thinking no. correctly on that? No, contempt is here, I'll read the definition. It's more of like, um 
let me not butcher the definition here. I know what I think. I know what I think of it in my head, but I can't get it out. Contempt: the feeling that a person or a thing is beneath consideration. Disregard for something that should be taken into account. Um, the offense of being disobedient to or disrespectful of a court law. So, like in contempt of court, but. It also does say deserving of scorn. It does say worthless. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that for me, the contempt comes from closer relationship, such as you know, spouse. Like my my spouse probably has had some contempt. Yeah. Um, for my behavior, I would imagine. Yeah. You know, that's not, I mean, that, it's such, you know, that's such a personal, like, you know, yeah. it's in saying, oh, you know, someone who doesn't know us that well, maybe a, a really close friend or a sp- our family member. Um, but no, I didn't, I, I had the word worthless in the definition, but I didn't, um, I never associated that with the word. Yeah. I, I guess I was thinking, you know, oh, this person thinks that I'm worthless and this is just the way the way that he is oh that's just the way he is nothing's ever going to change with him mm-hmm. you know so I, well i mean I, I had that with myself right like yeah you know it was like oh this is just the way it is <laughs> you know i'm always i'm always going to be like this um so it's a little bit of self-contempt i guess yeah the uh the pity for sure and, and maybe i'm just not getting the full grasp of the contempt deal. I think we got time for one more. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. So that was number seven. Mm-hmm. Number six. Self-conscious self-confidence instead of helplessness. Self-confidence instead of helplessness. Hmm. Hmm. I think for me, um, it's a little bit of the opposite on that, right? So, um, I don't, you know, because I have so much self-reliance that I don't ever acknowledge a point of me feeling as if I were helpless. Um, my, my biggest problem in actively in my alcoholism is it was my self-reliance which is still pretty big problem sometimes for me um i'll do it for myself i don't need anyone else i don't need this i don't need you know i'll i'll handle it fine everything's fine i'll do it myself right um what i did realize when i got sober is that my confidence was a little less in in and of the fact that i didn't want to be the way that I was before. So I didn't want to go to the extreme, you know, because I was so self-confident. I had more confidence in myself, in my self-reliance, than I actually should have. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I was overly confident, um, you know, and not self-aware. So I think that, I don't know that when I, when I think of that term as it's talking about self-confidence, I think what it's meaning is more sure of yourself in the middle of the road. 
right? Not like overly confident and not, you know, like a piece of crap, which I also have felt like, but just like, hey, being comfortable in my skin. Yeah. 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 That's kind of how I take that. I, um, I, I can't say that I've ever felt helpless. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this. It, it, I was on autopilot. So meaning I had I had systematically become this alcoholic that knew exactly what to drink, how much to drink it, so so much at to the point where at ten thirty I knew if I had the buzz I wanted or not mm-hmm. and would go further and and knew like what I could actually handle to still function the next day. Sure. In autopilot. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was confident in and of the that I could do the job, but I will tell you this. I know there toward the end that was or to do my job and to do uh provide for my family, right? Mm-hmm. Now now we can sit there and say, Well, you wouldn't provide in the best. Absolutely not. Was I the best worker? Absolutely not. A hundred percent. And I could tell that that was beginning to erode away. You know, I could tell that it was yeah. becoming worse. Yeah. We were we were functioning alcoholics for a long time right. until we weren't. So, you know, everybody's bottom or whatever you want to call it, everybody's uh, decision to say, okay, this is this is what's going on is different right a hundred percent different i i can't truly say that i had any feeling of helplessness i i, I just can't now i might look back on it 10 years from now and be able to describe where there was some helplessness mm. but right now right now you know however many months i am away from two the two-year mark I can't say that I was uh, that I felt helplessness at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's funny it, when you said that; it made me think. You know, um, I don't know that I acknowledged it as helplessness. Um, I think the way I acknowledged it, and and even looking at it now, um, was desperation. Yeah, yeah, that was more. That was more my feeling. Is you I, know, I, um, I, I don't. I, I just like you, like I said before, I don't think that I had ever even. It, it, you know, there was a lot of things I didn't acknowledge about myself. But if you would have said to me, y- "You feel helpless," I would have been like, Mm-mm. "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no." Um, but that's the self-reliance part, right? Yeah. Um, but if you say you felt desperate. Mm-hmm. I can say that I felt desperate. Yeah, I, I felt desperate because I seen, I seen it getting worse. I seen some things that I wasn't going to be able to do if I continued on that path. You know, one thing particular that I wasn't going to be able to do if I continued on that path. Um, and I seen the pain that it was causing my family. 
when I finally started seeing those things, maybe I, maybe because, and and not that I was spiritually fit or anything of the sort, but maybe because I knew a hundred percent that God could and would help me, I didn't yeah. feel helpless, mm-hmm. and m- maybe. Now this is Maybe. this is me yeah. looking this is me looking back on the day that I prayed the prayer. Sure. In my head. Like I knew God would and could help me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I can't like I said, I, I all I can say is I don't remember any feeling helplessness or anything. Desperate, absolutely. But now with that being said, to the first part of the sentence, confidence, self-confidence. Now that I'm not drinking at all, um, I see so many more outlets, so many more avenues. I'm able to see, and I'm not always right, and I'm not perfect by any means, but I'm able to see where God has put his hand at. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm, a- I'm, able to, I'm able to be present. In the things that I'm doing, that build all those things build confidence in me mm-hmm. uh, for myself. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I resonate self confidence. I, you know, if you got it, you got it. You know. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, you you and have that always that, and that, not that well, that's it comes important. With, it, sure, it comes with humility. Yeah. Right. I mean, so you can be, you can have self confidence and have no humility. And yeah. You get what I was, <laughs> you know. You get egomania, right. or you can have self-confidence and have humility, and you get what you are. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there, there's a difference in someone who is, and you can usually tell. Like I said, I go back. I get, it goes back to being comfortable in your skin. Right. Um, I was never truly comfortable in my skin um, for, you know, whatever reason, a number of reasons, all the things we've talked about before. Um, and I'm definitely more comfortable in my skin today mm-hmm. um, than I had ever been. And that, and that's a different level of self-confidence than trying to pretend to be something that you're not, which is what I thought I was doing. Right. Not so much that I was trying to be something that I wasn't, but I felt like I was trying to be something that I really wasn't. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So interesting. But but you know, I I don't know that for me. Now this is just me thinking of that uh, self confidence instead of helplessness. Like to me, it should be, or the way I'm thinking. Peace instead of desperation. Yeah. For, because. Serenity instead of chaos. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. and not saying, I mean, you know, hey, it takes all types. I'm sure there's somebody out there that 100% gets that. Sure. And not that, you know, not that I don't get it. I just, I don't feel yeah, like. Yeah, it's all, you know, it's different for everyone, right? Right, I mean, right. Even even in our situations, we talk about how our how our disease is different. 
yeah. you know, and how it affected us differently, um, and the reasons that we drank and all of the things. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that you know, in some cases, I have met I have met people, you know, who who battle this same addiction, and helplessness is a big is a big part of that that they yeah. felt they you know, and I think that that you know depends on where also maybe where you're at in the journey. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think if uh, I, I would I would assume helplessness, hopelessness could coincide together and build for someone who has had multiple attempts at quitting. Yeah, I would at, imagine. Yeah, multiple attempts are, you know, has thought for years and years because for me it come really quick. I mean, it come really quick. Interesting. The, the um, Like I knew for a while that I was I knew for a long time I was an alcoholic, but the actual, holy smokes, this is starting to eat my lunch. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if some things are going to happen here, then I've got to do something now. And right. that, that come really quick, you know. That's interesting because I didn't know I had a problem until I'm, I didn't know that one problem associated with the other. <laughs> And I've said that before. It's like, I knew that I drank too much, and I knew that my life was unmanageable. But I yeah. didn't know that they they were because of one another. Right. Um, so, it's probably similar, right? Like, I, you know, it came relatively quickly, and then I was desperate. I was desperate to figure out what was going, why. Like, I just, you know, um, I don't know. It's just... Right. Uh, I just got to that jumping off point, and um, I just, you know, I don't know. It's crazy. Sometimes I wonder. I just don't even know how it happened or why it happened the way it did. But Well, glory to God that it did. I mean, truth. Believe that. All the glory to God. Right. Definitely on this side of it. (laughs) I was going to say we're at the 50-minute mark, and we went through those fairly quick. And I was going to say... We got time for one other, but I just read it. No, no, no. I'm not getting into this conversation with Jesse right now. We don't have time for for that one at all. I guess I guess it'll wait for part three. Yeah. So part three we'll tackle five, number five, and on up the ladder and get to however far we get. I see that Mason has built a fort behind you. I know I got I got some fort action happening back here. I remember when I was a little kid and would build forts. Looks like he's got a fort made with a a blanket, and it's in between. It goes from the table to the couch. Yep. If I was there, I would not play in that fort. I would tear it up. I would just tear it up. You were so mean. He'd be like, "You want to play in the fort?" And I'd be like, "Yeah," and then automatically become Godzilla. Wow! Just and, tear down the baby's fort and just tear I mean, it up. Come on now. Tear, I mean, tear it to pieces. Well, that's. Wow, man. I'm I'm really pleased with uh, how the podcast has been going. Ever since well, you got promoted to host. <laughs> wow! I gave you all. The, I, all of a sudden, <clears throat> I stepped up my game. I gave you self confidence. It was all me. 
I gave you self-confidence. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you know as well as I know, I do what I want. I know. Believe that. Believe so, that. And then you, you get what you, you get. You can't tell me nothing. Then you get what you get. <laughs> On your side of the street, as long as you're right sized. <laughs> wow, are you trying to AA mode me? All right, homie, what you got there? That's my, that's my Nerf gun. Oh, I thought that was that spray bottle that you spray that dog with down. That that is a <laughs> that dog is a groin tackler. Every time I, I walk through your door, I mean, you got the you might as well be wearing I mean. a cup. Walking in there. I'm, I'm trying to teach her how to not jump. She's just a wild animal. Yeah. I'm telling you. That, uh, well, all right, honey. Uh, we, um, we, this one right here is not letting me talk anymore. Yeah, I'm going to go visit my mama today. My mama. Oh, and, uh, I got to see you in about four hours on another Zoom call. Shoot, I'll be asleep. I'm going to need you to not be ridiculous on that one. I'm gonna slap call you out. You feel me? I mean, yeah. You you gonna stop that Zoom meeting and not let anybody hear it? <laughs> oh my God! I cannot believe you. All right, homie. All right, it was fun. All right, I love you. Be careful. What? Where am I going? Why are we <laughs> hanging up the phone? You, hey, there's about to be some type of war behind you. I'm telling you, folks is building forts, and they just. <laughs> That's a mess. I tell you what I'd do. I would turn around when this is hung up and I would scream, clean that up right now. And then wow, I, what th kind of what kind of Karen do you think I am? Oh my gosh. Let me tell y'all one time let me and then we'll go real quick. Jesse called me from the beach one time and she had her youngest son Mason with her. And I can't remember why you called me what she was telling me. But the entire conversation was nothing but Jesse screaming, don't throw sand the whole time. No, it wasn't. So, you, you can't have the babies running around throwing sand at so, people. So I nicknamed her the sand Karen. When somebody <laughs> does something wrong, she just hollers, don't throw sand. Well, period. it's not nearly. I mean, you didn't even do it in the Karen voice. Mason, stop throwing that sand. <laughs> That's what you sounded like. There ain't no sand up in the mountains of North Carolina. They ain't oh, never wow. they ain't never been no hillbilly hollering stop throw sand stop throwing sand. It'd be more like Get out the hog pen. Wow. <laughs> I feel like you ain't never been to the holler. I'm just telling you. Alright, homie. It was, it was fun. Alright, we'll see you. Bye, y'all. Bye.